Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Miriam Knight Show. I am Miriam Knight, and we have a wonderful guest today. Meg Blackburn Losey is the author of the international bestseller, The Children of Now, along with several other books, including The Conversations with the Children of Now, The Art of Living Out Loud, and The Secret History of Consciousness. Dr. Meg, and she has, is a Ph.D., is the creator of the Touching the Light Healing Modality, and she offers certification courses in it. She's an international keynote speaker and lectures worldwide. She's also a um, Ph.D. of holistic life coaching, and her doctoral degree is in metaphysics. She served as a consultant to Good Morning America and 2020 and is a gifted intuitive uh, medical intuitive as well. Her website is spiritlight.com, and her latest book is The Children of Now Evolution, How We Can Support the Fast-Forward Evolution of Our Children and All of Humanity. I am so delighted to welcome Meg blackburn Lucy. Meg, hi. Hi, Miriam. Hello, everyone, and I really appreciate you listening. Meg, um, we have spoken before about your other books, but this book, uh, I think, is addressing one of the most important issues facing us as a species. It's what is happening to our children, and it addresses both the the challenging aspects, but, but also the incredible promise that they hold for our future. Where do you want to jump in? Tell us um, <laughs> what <laughs> what is um, the latest evolution of the kids of today? Well, gosh, Miriam, I guess the best place to start is when all this started, and I just want to say briefly that when I first wrote about the kids, um, our current generation, I really thought we were dealing with a very cool, magical niche of kids that had special abilities or, or perceived disabilities, and I didn't realize what a huge phenomenon this is until I really got out in the world and started talking about it. And that book's in over 30 languages now, and I, I just can't believe how, e how many emails I get every day. It's a really important subject. And what I'm seeing now is that those those few things that I was observing back then have become a full-blown societal issue. And it has so many tentacles to it that create the bigger picture, and I think that that's the most important part of it. It's happening because we are evolving. We're evolving um, energetically. You know, everything is created of, of harmonics that come together to reflect a reality. And those harmonics have changed dramatically over the past years. That makes the new children who are coming into our world much higher frequency than previous generations. It also brings them greater intelligence and um, and more conscious awareness. Uh, consciousness and, and intelligence are entirely different things. And so what we're seeing is that we have at this time a generation of children who are far more intelligent, far more aware, and far more capable than children we've ever seen in any generation prior. And at the same time that they are natural intuitives, that they often remember where they came from, where their previous lifetimes, 
they are also societally aware and will act on this. They, if they see an injustice, they'll stand up for it. If they see a lack, they'll try to create a, a solution. They're in, extremely interested in new technologies and, and different things like that. But what's happening in, our, in, in society is that isn't being recognized. The, the, the beauty of the potential of these children is getting squashed because we're operating from old paradigms, uh, school systems that were, the curriculums are over 100 years old. You know, um, there's so many aspects to this. I'm not even sure where you want me to start. But but that's what's happening. Well, that's, it's, it's a literal fast-forward evolution, not only of our minds and our consciousness, but our bodies as well. Right, right. Uh, let's start with the, the actual sort of... Um, intellectual intuitive phenomena that you started by um, uh, experiencing you you had uh, kids talking to you telepathically I did. even kids <laughs> who, who didn't have the ability to speak were able to communicate which is totally fascinating it, it really is and was at the time it was it was happening so profoundly um, I there were four kids originally who I started hearing in my head all at the same time it's like they ganged up on me and I have to tell you the truth Miriam I thought I was losing my mind because I'm hearing giggling and I'm here and at the same time in child's voices I was hearing the most profound statements and they were taking over my reality I, I had a couple in particular that were really powerful and I'd be minding my own business, having my own thoughts and my own days, and all of a sudden my mind would be taken over by these kids. And I, I finally said, hey, if you're real, start showing up, because I'm really beginning to question myself. And, and it, as you know, you've known me for a long time. I'm very careful about what I put out there. And I, I want to validate everything possible. So surely over the next several months, I met all four of these kids and became very close with their families and them. And, um, and they, I was able to validate that um, they were not able to speak aloud because of different um, affects they had medically. So they were reaching out telepathically. And that, between them and then noticing that my own granddaughter um, had some amazing attributes that I've referred to in the books, um, I started looking and realizing that there were several different uh, sets of these kids, you know, different characteristics. Um, and, and people want to know why this is happening, why them, why now? And I get a lot of emails that say, well, I'm 40 years old or I'm 60 years old and I have a, I have a lot of those traits. What does that make me? And the mm-hmm. truth is that this is occurring because people like us explored our own abilities. They're not gifts. They're inherent. It's, it's part of us that was not awake before. And it is waking up in a lot of people. And the more people that explore that part of themselves, that intuitive nature, the uh, subtle energy, the different aspects of consciousness, the more of us that do that, the more the common collective consciousness starts to change. And so many, you know, we talked for years about reaching a point of critical mass and creating a so-called shift, well, it's kind of old paradigm. The shift is coming. It's already here. And what we've done is we've literally changed the, the collective consciousness. So we paved the way 
for these children to come in with their abilities intact. And then, unfortunately, we teach them how to not be that because it's not normal and it's not seen as okay. You know, we, we see a lot of things like ADD and ADHD and the autism spectrum, and, and there's so many facets to this. And the problem is is that most of these kids are not broken at all. They're just differently abled. And they're differently abled because they're able to absorb information. They're like sentient. And as they do, that information becomes a part of them. It's not a mental, logical, linear thing. It's, an, it's like an osmosis. The children are picking up energy like, like they're little magnets everywhere they go. And so the way that they process is that their minds are compartmentalized. They can put little fragments of information all over in their brains, and then when the time comes and they need it, it they can pull it all out as a, as a whole story. And so it's pretty remarkable what they're capable of, but the fact is because of all of that and the fact that they are so sensitive, they feel everything around them and don't know how to tell what's theirs and what's not. That's their normal. They think that the immensity of their feelings is something wrong with them. And so we see them get low self-esteem or diagnosed with ADD or ADHD. And, uh, well, I or, thought that your description, your description of a child at school or, you know, in, in a, a, an outer world environment was very telling because when they have such a high sensibility, high sensitivity mm-hmm. to uh, the incoming stimuli of every wavelength, because you, you also said that a lot of them can see auras and see energies and, mm-hmm. you know, hear and feel both telepathically and, and uh, you know, through their physical senses, they must be overwhelmed. So it's no wonder that they would retreat into themselves. I thought that the way that you described the um, autism spectrum disorders uh, was fascinating, um, both because it gives a kind of a context for us to understand these kids and maybe a way to help them and, and deal with them. So can you go a little more deeply into this, the, the, the way that they process external stimuli and how we can, and, and how that um, manifests in their behavior? Sure. Um, and what you asked me was really two different things, so I'll stay on tr- on track, and then if you want me to go into the autism piece, I will happily do that. Um, the way the kids are processing, what happens is we have, as we adults, have five senses, and we accustom, you know, we're accustomed to using those to figure out our world at all times. We hear things, we see things, we smell things, we feel things, um, we taste them even, and the children are are truly what I call sentient. They are they use far more than those five senses. Their entire body and the and the surrounding energy field of their bodies, which I can see, and yes, weird is wonderful. Um, they they are literally like like I said, magnets. They pull in information, they, and they're getting so much data that their minds work differently. Their minds file things. It's like our computers make files for the different things that we put in certain places. Well, that's how the kids' minds are working. That's part of the consciousness as well. So they're compartmentalizing. At the same time, they're getting overloaded visually, aural, 
mentally and even physically by because they are taking in so much so fast that they they have to move around to shake it off. It's part of their nature. Being very sensitive myself, I was able to recognize that in the kids. If I'm in a crowd, you will always see me move a lot. It's because standing in one place for these children and for people like me for any length of time builds up energy by the people around us or the environment, and it becomes intense. And the way that the kids are shaking it off is by moving around. But nobody ever asked them at the end of the day, how was your day? What, was, what, what did you experience today? Instead, they go home with a note that they were misbehaved, they talked too much, they moved around too much. And that was why I wrote that chapter in the book, because I, I didn't use any names, because I have heard that exact scenario so many times. It was heartbreaking. And I thought, well, maybe that would create some awareness, because it, most people don't even aren't aware that subtle energy exists, particularly the medical community. So what they're doing is they're giving these children drugs that are created for psychiatric patients who are adults, and then the drugs themselves are causing psychiatric uh, side effects. So the problem is there wasn't anything wrong with the kids to start with. It's just they're functionally different. Yeah, and our society doesn't have any um, way to deal with kids who are functionally different. In we have no frame of reference for schooling. Yeah, 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 and it's and it's rough. And you know, and at the same time, there there's so much information coming at everyone so fast that it's it's making a lot of people desensitized because there's just too much. There's too much coming too fast. And the same thing is happening to the children. They're so they're so sensitive that when they're getting blasted constantly, um, they tend to get desensitized, and then they start going inward, and that scares me because they because don't talk about it. Because they're inherently very powerful. Yes, and and so they're turning that power either against themselves or uh, possibly acting out against other people. Absolutely. What happens is. Um, until about age seven, the children are, are really still um, in their natural inc inclination. But as they start to get socialized, they start to forget those abilities or they become ostracized for them and they stop talking about them. And, and I'm talking, I'm going to give you a very realistic a realistic estimate. I have no way to prove this other than the numbers of people I've talked to, which are thousands. But I guess about 45% of the children of today fit into some of these categories in some way, if not more. And it's, it's just mind-blowing when you realize how many children are that sensitive and that intelligent, and we're trying to shove down their throats things that didn't work for us and they, and they, I mean, look at the 1950s, what a family was like, what, what media was like back then. And look at now. I, I mean, in, in the last, you know, 50 or 60 years, we have come so far as intelligent beings that our psychology has been outgrown by our technology. And that's where we have a big problem as well. 
And what is also so scary is when you look at the statistics on the number of kids who are given Ritalin and other uh, drugs that, uh, you know, suppress this behavior, um, which also leads to suicide and things like that. But it, um, it actually dampens that very gift that they are here to offer us. So it is, is, we just lose every which way. It's so not only that, but the children become so dull they can't feel themselves anymore. They can't, they can't do what they are naturally because um, the drugs kind of dumb down their energy field and their awareness. Right. And, and there's nothing wrong with them. They're not broken. They're just differently abled, you know. And, and yet I've heard directly out of doctor's offices, out of pharmaceutical companies, I, uh, out of even school systems, that, and I don't know if it's still going on, but uh, Big Pharma was actually paying uh, in different ways schools, doctors' offices, any for the for every vac or not vaccine for every drug prescription that was given to these kids for ADD, ADHD, that kind of thing, which is uh, attention hyperactive disorder or attention deficit. Uh, disorder and they were actually getting rewarded financially for prescribing this stuff. It, that's how hard these drugs were being pushed on the kids, and and it's heartbreaking. It's absolutely heartbreaking because and and I worked with a lot of families over the years where these you know that had kids in these situations. I had one family of three children that were all diagnosed with something uh, and were all medicated. And we were able to work together to get the kids off the drugs, and the children normalized and and thrived and became amazing. Um, that wasn't the case when I first got them, you know. And I had a mom. Their mom was just a really caring, loving mom that didn't feel like what was happening was true, and she went looking for answers. And not every parent is that brave. They, they feel like a failure because they have these different kids. But what they don't realize is there's millions of them. And it's, it's nothing to be ostracized or criticized for. It just is, it's just a, a wake-up call. That's what I keep telling everybody. This isn't just a new book. It's a wake-up call. And we're seeing it as well. You know, the desensitization that I mentioned earlier, we're seeing it also in police officers. We're seeing it in, uh, you know, shootings that are questionable or on both sides of the criminal or law fence. Um, we're seeing kids that are creating uh, mass murder where, you know, because they, what happens is first they get desensitized by the, the cell phones, the texts, the video games, and they are so graphic. And and the special effects in movies are so real, but the hero gets back up and and in five minutes he's not even scratched, you know. And in the video games they have, uh, the the hero dies and they get more lives. It's easy; they could just start over. And so psychologically, it's a double-edged sword because we have the most sensitive, the most potential in a generation that we've ever had to offer to our race, and at the same time. We're feeding their psychology to the point where they're not sure what's real and what's not. 
And so they don't understand that dead is dead, and when you hurt somebody, it really does bleed. And they're behind their cell phones and their, you know, their social networks and different things like that. And so then we start seeing bullying. And what I realized is, as I sit back, this is a huge picture. And it's our, it's our fault as a society. You know, it's, it's that we have these beautiful beings in our charge. And we're trying to, we're still listening to old tapes, and we're trying to make them something they cannot be. Um, and they cannot, they cannot thrive by. And that's why I thought it was so important to write the Children of Now Evolution because it, it's a it's a big picture. It's a really big picture, and it's not that hard to change. We just do it one at a time, you know. And I gave a lot of good um, pro and con information in the book. I tried to, you know, give both sides of the story. And um, my point is, though, well, that they're our kids, and we need to stand up for them. In addition to trying to force them into our mold, um, we are totally losing uh, all perspective what they might actually offer us as a society. When you talk of the evolution mm -hmm. of these kids, and we're going to talk about it right after the break, we are just so cutting off our own um, our own future. Anyway, we've been talking with Dr. Meg Blackburn Mosey about the children of now evolution. We will be right back after this break. Miriam Knight is the founder and publisher of New Consciousness Review, a digital magazine and website at ncreview.com. For 15 years, Miriam's Beat has been covering the thinkers, books, and films inspiring conscious evolution towards greater health, happiness, empowerment, compassion, and connection. Browse the thousands of enlightening books, interviews, and videos on ncreview.com. You can connect with Miriam on Facebook or through the websites. That's ncreview.com. Has the universe been trying to get your attention? What will it take for you to start to listen? I'm Miriam Knight, and I've interviewed 37 individuals from all walks of life for our book, What Wags the World? Tales of Conscious Awakening. In it, they describe the cosmic two-by-fours that changed their lives, and their answers may make you rethink your own ideas about the nature of reality. Available on Amazon and Barnes & Noble, or ask for it at your local bookstore. What Wags the World? Tales of Conscious Awakening. HealthyLife.net, the positive radio network. And we're back. I'm Miriam Knight, and I'm speaking with Meg Blackburn-Losey. 
the author of The Children of Now Evolution. Meg's website is spiritlight.com. That's S-P-I-R-I-T-L-I-T-E dot com. Meg, um, before the break, we were talking about the, the very special gifts that these children have. And, you know, um, in, in your earliest remarks on the show, you were talking about these kids having um, this social conscience and, and ability to integrate levels of information that are far, far beyond their years. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, I, I remember reading just in the last few months about kids who were starting companies um, and, and making hundreds of thousands of dollars at age 12 and things like that and creating uh, devices for disabled people. So um, this, this is the kind of intelligence that you see um, birthing in the world. How can we change what we're doing to enable that rather than to suppress it? Thank you for asking that question, Miriam. First of all, we don't know we can do something until we realize it's possible. So creating awareness that something is going on, like you and I are doing today, like I did writing the book, those kinds of things go a long way with getting people to at least say, what? (laughs) Or give them some clue that there's something bigger picture, a bigger picture going on. Um, secondly, what I want to say to parents and caregivers is don't be afraid if your child says, I remember choosing you as a parent, or I remember talking to God, or I remember who I was before I came here. And there's a really fun chapter in the book that tells you a lot of what's normal, um, and those are some of the questions that are, or things that kids might come up with. Don't shut them down. Ask them questions. Listen to them. One of the little guys that was in the first book, Nicholas, he did actually, he was nine at the time. He was nonverbal, but he was an extreme uh, telepath. And what he, I said, what do you need? And he said, listen deeply. People need to listen deeply to what we have to say. And, And he went on to say that they've come to remind us that we need to remember how to love ourselves and each other because we've forgotten what that really means. And then we have a flip side of another sector of kids who are saying they're very concerned about the earth and the state it's in and they're, and, and the animals and the technologies and they're really interested in, in uh, creating things like you were mentioning uh, to change the world. And they're doing this at age 10 and 11, 12, I've got, I don't know how many stories in my research file of these children acting, I mean, of their own volition and creating social change, creating um, new products that are safe for safety or for, um, to, you know, change how we do things so that, for instance, one little guy um, invented a, a strap and it was very simple but a great idea that when a parent puts a child in, in their back seat, the strap goes across the door, and the parent can't get out until they until they are you know reminded that the child's back there. Because people get busy, they get distracted, and they forget their kids are in the back seat, and the bad things happen. So this little guy, he was ten years old. He invented that, 
And, you know, it's always something that helps people, always, or helps the planet, you know, somehow. They're just brilliant. And when, the, when those two sets come together in another 10 or 15 years and they start making a splash in the adult world, we're going to see a lot of world change. But we've got to support them in the meantime. What is the bridge generation you were talking about in your book? That's us, people like you and me. You know, I've always been intuitive. I was shamed for it as a kid and as, an, as a young adult. I, and when it started to get grow and I started to really explore it, people would say, well, how did you know how to do that? And I'd say, well, I was at the grocery store and I heard, all, I heard this whole thing, so that's the recipe. You know, and they would laugh at me. And and it was and it was kind of disconcerting because everybody wants to fit in, but I kept going and a lot of people did. A lot of people went seeking, as we might say, or exploring their their inner divine nature. And we've always had this dichotomy view that we are human and there is divine, but we've never considered the fact that we are a marriage of our humanity and our divinity, and it's starting to show up in the new human beings that are being born. And we just don't know what to do with that because we're so loaded with dogma and belief systems. And just to be clear, I'm not talking religion. I'm not even talking spirituality. I'm talking human being, okay? Because these kind of things tend to be grouped into certain belief systems, and I just want to make it clear that's not what I'm about. Although my passion is studying consciousness and what we're able to do, um, this this is not about that. This is about who are we and where are we going, and these kids are showing us the way, but instead of us letting that happen and nurturing that, we're saying, no, you're not seeing angels. No, there's no invisible friend standing at the end of your bed, when in many, 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 most cases, yes, Yes, that is happening. So, so do you we, think that the the um, disorders like autism and um, ADD are happening because of their sensitivity um, crashing against the stimuli of a, a fully more fully electronic world, uh, an intense world? Um, or is it the time in our evolution as a species? Um, what What is causing it to come to a head now? Well, again, we've got two sets of issues here. We've got the children who are ADD, ADHD diagnosed, even some bipolar and, and a few other blanket diagnoses. Those are based on behaviors that that most people do not understand. And the autism thing, and I, I'd like to talk about that the next segment if, if we can, because I, mm -hmm. I'd like to explain why we have such a spectrum. Um, because here's the deal. Modern medicine, which is really archaic, <laughs> but the medicine we have available to us, and there are, are a lot of good docs out there and other, other people, but... They have no understanding of subtle energy and and or the etheric anatomy, all of which I see. And so when they do things to us medically, 
um, in the name of health or preventing disease, things happen and we get into trouble, uh, our, our children get into trouble. And that's what I want to talk about on the next segment, if that's okay. That's great. Um, and we are speaking with Dr. Meg blackburn Mosey about her book, The Children of Now Evolution, How We Can Support the Fast Forward Evolution of Our Children and All of Humanity. Her website is spiritlight.com. And I'm Miriam Knight, and I hope you'll be right back with us after the break. been trying to get your attention? What will it take for you to start to listen? I'm Miriam Knight and I interviewed 37 individuals from all walks of life for our book, What Wags the World? Tales of Conscious Awakening. In it they describe the cosmic two-by-fours that changed their lives and their answers may make you rethink your own ideas about the nature of reality. Available on Amazon and Barnes & Noble or ask for it at your local bookstore. What Wags the World? Tales of Conscious Awakening. Miriam Knight is the founder and publisher of New Consciousness Review, a digital magazine and website at ncreview.com. For 15 years, Miriam's Beat has been covering the thinkers, books, and films inspiring Conscious evolution towards greater health, happiness, empowerment, compassion, and connection. Browse the thousands of enlightening books, interviews, and videos on ncreview.com. You can connect with Miriam on Facebook or through the website. That's ncreview.com. You want HealthyLife.net radio programming everywhere? TuneIn Radio is your mobile solution. The app is available for iPhone, BlackBerry, and Android phones. Search your app store today. Search for TuneIn and take HealthyLife.net radio programming everywhere you go. Welcome back. I'm Miriam Knight speaking with Meg blackburn Losey, author of Children of Now Evolution. Meg, before the break, we were talking about the um, kind of dissonance between medical uh, treatment of these kids and their needs. I've been um, wondering about the sort of general sensitivity of these children. Um, if this were not impacted by um, things that you mention in your book, like nutrition, like toxins, like electronic smog and overstimulation, would it necessarily um, or would it more likely blossom into um, something much greater? Are we squashing it? Or are are the, the... this, the disorders kind of inherent or come with the territory of this high sensitivity? 
Well, the fact is there really aren't as many disorders as people think. You know, what we're doing is we're just dealing with a generation that operates differently. It doesn't mean they're disordered. It just means they are differently abled, as I like to say. And, uh-huh. and, and my biggest issue is because I am able to see these things literally is that our etheric anatomy has a lot to do with what's happening to these little guys when they're little. And you, you can look at it this way. Each of us is harmonically assembled of particles that arrange to reflect the reality of us. It is our personal symphony, and there are no others like it in all of creation. Each of us is unique, and each of us holds a, holds a place in the totality of reality. So as we have progressed from generation to generation, the frequencies that become us have become lighter and, shall I say, higher, like from bass notes to soprano notes, okay? And as that happens, our we become more energetically sensitive. But other things also happen in our field, the way it operates and the way that our etheric, our etheric anatomy communicates. And at the same time, in line with our DNA, because our DNA and our consciousness operate in tandem. The higher our awareness of consciousness, the, the greater the light field emitted by DNA. And they're not able to see this one yet. <laughs> but they have proved uh, that, uh, scientists have proved that we as human beings emit light to varying degrees and it has become measurable. So the DNA thing's not too far off. But you take a normal kid that is born with these new higher frequencies, a, 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 a symphony that is unique in all of creation and has never been heard before. And they have this beautiful, sweet, subtle energy field that's just picking up everything. And then you give them something like a vaccine that has in the past been known to have mercury as a carrier for the vaccine. In other words, the material that takes the vaccine, the good stuff, through the body. Or Tamarisol or others. There's a whole bunch of stuff um, in the book. And that, for instance, just let's just look at mercury. Mercury has been studied as a fuel for interstellar travel. Okay, It takes many forms, from gas to liquid to um, I'm not sure what else. It's, mercury is very volatile. So you inject that into a high-frequency child who, who has the ability, the sentient ability, to feel everything around them, including what's inside of other people. And then as, that's, as that conductive material, and there have been a number of them, not just mercury, but this is the greatest example, as that moves through the body, what it does is, yes, it carries the vaccine, which, by the way, I think vaccines are great. It's the carriers that concern me. Um, and as that moves through the body, the DNA responds, and the consciousness that animates and fills that body, in other words, what makes that body alive and vital, starts to spread in different and irregular patterns away from the body as the subtle energy is magnified. And as that is magnified and the consciousness is expanded away from the child's body, that happens to varying degrees depending on their particular frequencies. 
what what notes are in that symphony? Well, we just added a bunch of notes that are disharmonic, and so they're they're clashing. Okay, and so what happens is, and I illustrated it in a book, that consciousness might move to one side, it might just move around the body to a small or large degree, depending on the child, and it may even create a, a, what I call a gap where the consciousness was moved so far out that the everyday experiencing human child is not able to access that part of themselves, which is our natural guidance system, our innate intuitive guidance system. And it also has to do with our intelligence. So that's why we have such a wide variety of uh, the autism spectrum, and that includes also Asperger's. Asperger's is um, more of a mental nature. Uh, it's it's how the system has refined itself based on the on the damage that's been done, in in a way that the brain starts um, firing in specific and intellectual ways. So someone who is autistic, I'm sorry, someone who has Asperger's may have an expertise in history or engineering or math- mathematics or things that are not so emotional. They're very fact-driven. The the autistic kids um, are very emotionally fragile, very, uh, very generally sensitive and hyper-fragile. Like many of them don't like to be touched. They don't like for their routines to change. They're they're repetitive, they're ritualistic, um, and the degree of that depends on the, uh, the degree of effectiveness. So, um, but, if, but if we could get the medical community to look at the rest of the picture so they're treating these children holistically rather than, oh, there's another one. You know, the studies that I published in the book, and there were over 27 in, just in, on vaccines in the children in evolution, um, many of them said exactly what I have witnessed that at either age three months or age 18 months, when they get the vaccines, is when a perfectly normally born and acting child and medically certified normal child will start having affects um, that are relative to the vaccines. And one of those is high uh, um, undiagnosable fevers, I mean really high, 5, 105, 104, 106 even I've heard. Um, Seizures. I've seen a normal child go to the doctor, get a vaccine, and come home and hit the floor with a seizure. Never had any history of it. Um, and, and it also happens at 18 months. And along with that, we start to see symptoms of autistic behavior. And so there's something bigger going on than we're being made aware of. And you've known me a long time. I'm not paranoid. I don't rack, you know, I don't promote fear. I don't, I'm not into that. What I'm saying is something is really wrong in the background. And we are being made to vaccinate our kids. But yet when we do, things happen to a lot of them. And we've got a paradox going on. So we need to investigate and see what the heck and include the subtle nature of our being and work out what we need to do to stop hurting these kids. We're, we're creating a, a, a part of a generation that is very likely the rest of their lives going to need attention. You know, if, if we had to do it from a business perspective just to get people to hear us, the dollars and cents that this is going to cost society 
as these child if the, as these children get over, older and their caregivers are no longer able to do so, then what? You see, it's a long-term great big thing. It's not just an, oh, my God, look what's happening. Do you, do you realize that one out of every child, according to the CDC, is diagnosed as autistic? One out of every 50. That's terrifying. One out of every 50. Yep. Yeah. That's wow. direct from the CDC. I mean, that, and, and it's happened in such a short space of time. Yeah. That's what's so astonishing. I mean, it, it, it's like a, you know, a, a, an upward slope of over 45 degrees. Um, it, uh, according to your book, um, it has risen, autism has risen by 91% just between 2005 and 2010. Mm-hmm. But what you also say is that you, you, you pull together many different factors that could be contributing to this spike. And it's almost like a detective um, novel trying to figure out the different factors that are involved. One, one relationship you mentioned was the uh, consumption of high fructose corn syrup uh, depletes zinc, which is responsible for chelating heavy metals out of our system. So, I mean, this is a, a causal train that should be exactly. investigated. It's about to be a train wreck. Here, here's what's happening. Okay, many, many of, of our foods are genetically modified. They're called GMOs, which stands for genetically modified organism. And I'll just give a few examples of what is done, and this is only for example because there's so much going on. But, for instance, fish genes inserted into strawberry genes so that strawberries can weather the frost more easily. Roundup being inserted into the genetics of crops like soy and other field crops so that they are immune to bugs. Um, I mean, I've got a list a mile long in there uh, in several places. And so, and even in the beginning, when we first started hearing about it, they, uh, and I don't even understand why, but frog genes were inserted into tomatoes. Uh, tomatoes haven't been the same for years. And at the same time, a lot of these crops have been patented, and, were, and the organic farmers are running into problems with companies like Monsanto. If somebody's plants go to seed and one of those seeds blows over the fence into another farmer's uh, field, not by anything he did, then Monsanto um, does things about that. You know, there's there's so much going on. The farmer, yeah, the big companies. It's, and I, I'm naming Monsanto because they're forefront in the news constantly regarding GMO. Well, you know, I think that the worst the worst thing that people ignore mm-hmm. at their peril is mm-hmm. that this Roundup Ready gene, this what um, is actually botulism that kills the bugs that eat the plants mm-hmm. will also kill the bacteria in your gut. Mm-hmm. And that is where your immune system um, uh, has the biggest effect. And if you sterilize your immune system, your gut, then um, you are susceptible to every cold and flu and H1N1 virus that comes along. Yeah, well, so, not only that... But but as these products break down in our body, they're plugging into cell receptors and in in an errant way. So, for instance, um, gliadin, which is a product of gluten, it's part of it's not a 
product is a part of the glucose makeup. Mm -hmm. When it breaks down, it plugs into the thyroid receptors in our cells, and our thyroid is folded into thinking it has what it needs. This is happening all over our bodies. So our bodies are mutating based on the information that, that they think is accurate when, in fact, it's not. So we're seeing a lot of children that are overweight, but they're not really, most of them are just swollen. Um, we're seeing severe cases of allergies, of asthma, of um, autoimmune issues, digestive issues, and that, that's across the board. That's pretty much no. all of humanity. And the uh, flour in the United States is brominated. Bromine is a heavy metal that also plugs the um, iodine receptors. And yeah. that's why we're getting cases of hypothyroid. So there's a lot of damage being done, and we just, until recently, haven't even been aware that that was being done to us. And it, uh, there's a lot of great lobbying going on to um, try to get this stuff labeled, but they have such money. These, these corporations are beating down the votes um, by sending their lobbyists in. So um, we really have to stand up and be counted. And we have to spread the word so people educate themselves. We've been speaking with Dr. Meg Blackburn Losey, author of The Children of Now Evolution. I'm Miriam Knight, and we'll be back right after this break. Miriam Knight is the founder and publisher of New Consciousness Review, a digital magazine and website at ncreview.com. For 15 years, Miriam's Beat has been covering the thinkers, books, and films inspiring conscious evolution towards greater health, happiness, empowerment, compassion, and connection. Browse the thousands of enlightening books, interviews, and videos on ncreview.com. You can connect with Miriam on Facebook or through the website. That's ncreview.com. All positive talk with a mature edge. HealthyLife.net Welcome back. I'm Miriam Knight and speaking with Meg blackburn Lucy about the Children of Now Evolution. Meg, before the break, we were um, talking about all the bad things that can impact our children. What, what are the good things? What are the positive things that we can do? Well, first of all, you know, as I started to say just before the break, we've got to become more aware. We've got to be more diligent. It's become quite convenient for us to have our children entertained by something else or someone else. And so... Spending time with our children, the, the, the stats just blew me away. The average parent, um, I forget which, statistic, which origin it was, but they, there was one study that I published in there that said the average parent spends only 28 minutes a day with their child, 28 minutes. And that's because of all the demands just to survive in our world. I get it that parents are busy. But we've got to, what we've got to do is we've got to make people aware that we need changes, and the way we do that is one person at a time. 
They are your children. Don't let other people tell you what to do just because they feel bigger or more important than you. That's not true. So if you if you feel that your child is really okay, then don't be bullied by people who just want your business, okay? Um, and share the information with other people. Uh, what I'm seeing is the book is going to physicians, teachers, anybody that um, cares for kids. It's a good place to start. And it doesn't have to be weird. You have nothing to sell. But we have a lot to change. And the way that happens is as each one of us putting our foot one step in front of the other and saying, maybe we could do this. Or I choose differently. And um, also, you know, I'm all about empowering people. There's a number in, in the Children of Now Evolution in the vaccine chapter that you can actually call and check the batch and make sure that, that the vaccine is, that your child will be receiving doesn't contain any heavy metals or conductive materials. Um, there are all kinds of things that you can do to empower your child. And I did my best in the book to try and, and give you different ways that we can make a difference. And when we stop buying some of these products, and that's what you're seeing at um, McDonald's right now. McDonald's is in the news in a very negative way because people don't want their stuff anymore because, hey, what's in it, you know? And that's the kind of thing we need to do. We need to, we need to give these corporate people a message and say, no more. And make Absolutely. sure that hold them accountable, too. Yeah. Uh, sorry? Hold them accountable. Yes. It's not just about the bottom line. Exactly. And if people are are complaining about the, our children's behaviors, first of all, let's be honest with, our, with ourselves. Are we giving them a good positive framework, or is there something else we can do so they're more comfortable? And if we feel like we're truly doing that, then we need to start asking that child every day, so what was your experience today? And find out what they're noticing, what they're feeling. You know, get them to talk. That's what we need the most is that one-on-one -on -one human relation experience to give them the value that another human being is infinitely valuable and that relationships are too. Um, if we can if we can really just get back to basics, that's a super super place to start. And if we can get into just like our conversation today, you know, just get it out there that wait a minute, there's something going on and there are a lot of pieces connecting and the puzzle is really big and not looking very beautiful. So we can change that. It's not too late, but we've got to be diligent. But the other thing is that these kids, um, you know, growing up in this technological age, they have a perspective and they have abilities on the technological side um, and on the societal side that can actually um, revise or, or shift the downward spiral of what we're seeing and, and you know, move us ahead to the kind of future where there is justice for everyone. There is food for everyone and shelter and free energy. And, and this is their gift to us if we will but allow them to thrive and blossom to their full potential. Yes, they Ned, need what, what one piece of advice would you give to parents or to all of us about these kids? Don't be afraid. You're not alone. Listen deeply to what your child is really telling you. 
and tell them the the unbridled truth in an age-appropriate language when they want to talk about things. A lot of the problem with dealing with kids is we as adults don't know how to deal with things ourselves. So becoming healthy, well-balanced parents and caregivers will go a long way to how this turns out. And I think the um, message of one of your children to do deep listening is probably the best advice we could all take. Yep. Well, we've been speaking with Dr. Meg blackburn Losey, author of The Children of Now Evolution. Meg, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you so much, Miriam. It's always a pleasure. Next week, our guest will be Neil Donald Walsh talking about his book, God's Message to the World. It's a powerful message, and you won't want to miss it. Until then, visit our website, New Consciousness Review at ncreview.com, and browse the thousands of powerful books, including The Children of Now Evolution, that we've curated for your personal evolution. I'd love to hear from you, so you can contact us on Facebook or through our website, ncreview.com. Until then, I'm Miriam Knight. And I've been honored to be with you today. Join us next week. Until then, goodbye.